between me Let's talk about you and me Let's talk about all the good things And the bad things that may be Let's talk about sex, Jamie Let's talk about you and me Let's talk about all the good things And the bad things that may be Let's talk about sex Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex Jamie. I'm Jamie, and on today's episode, I'm talking to the amazing Reed Amber, who I'm sure you all probably know, to be honest. If you listen to Sex Podcast, then you probably know who she is. Um, if you don't, then you should. Um, but we're talking about uh, navigating long-term relationships, um, therapy and our experiences with it, and other super sexy stuff like that. Um, I hope you enjoy. If you do, let us know on the Instagram. Uh, leave us a nice review. That'd be nice. And... Uh, uh, yeah, that's it. Have fun. Love you. Bye. Hey, Reed. Hey. Hi, Jamie. How's it going? It's going bloody well. Oh, can I swear on this? Even you can swear. I, I'd be disappointed if you didn't really swear. swear. Yeah. yeah. Bloody's not really a swear word. It's like I keep saying bugger and I'm like, bugger. bugger. <laughs> Where am I from? Like the... 1950s all right <laughs> uh no you can swear what you want i'd be disappointed if you didn't say at least one cunt and two fucks okay okay perfect i mean you, if right. you're talking about sex you have to swear that's just yes rules, right? yes you do you do uh cool yeah so tell us a little bit about yourself oh that's on the hand who are you? you who the fuck are you stole my line um <laughs> so i am my name's reed and i co-founded come curious which is a sex educational platform where we talk about uh, sex, mental health, uh, body honesty. We have a podcast and a YouTube channel. That's our main places. As well as I myself do sex work. I'm a sex worker activist and do the modeling thing. I hate saying that so much. <laughs> it sounds so cringe, but I like a little photo shoot now and again. Yeah. But I'm not professional. I don't get paid for my work. It's just for fun. Okay, cool. There was the English like self-deprecation thing we talked about. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're like, right. Yeah. You couldn't just be like, bam, I'm a model, bitch. I'm you a motherfucking like, model. I take photos and sometimes people like them. <laughs> if I refer back to, I take sexy nudes of myself and sell them online. That works. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's that better. Works. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So I uh, wanted to get you on to chat about something that I saw on your socials a while ago. Um, so I'll give the short version and then you fill it in with all the like <laughs> hilarity and like interesting stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're so assuming I'm interesting. Yeah. 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 It's fine. <laughs> I told you I'm really good at editing. I can edit you interesting. Perfect. <laughs> you can make me sound so good. Yeah. Nice one. Um, so you are currently in a relationship. Um, yes. and during lockdown, you decided to move out. You were living together and you decided to move, live separately. Bingo, yes. yeah. Yeah, you did it. So, Hit the um, nail on the head. Yeah, and you were really excited about it and you were posting saying about how great it was and it was a good decision for you guys. And I thought that was really interesting. So I wanted to talk about that a bit. Yeah, well, we can talk all you like. Like uh, Thomas, my partner, he's super cool with me name dropping him and talking him about nice. him, but he just doesn't like being on camera or on film or on um, okay. uh, on pictures, unfortunately. Luckily, but- you love it twice I as much as a love person, it I love so. it for I think for more than me and like everyone else in the world I just I love it like I'm a massive attention seeker um <laughs> a I'm an exhibitionist I enjoy yeah. people looking at me and getting off on me and I always have done thing ever since I was like fucking 16 posting nudes on tumblr when it nice. used to be cool yeah um 
Uh, so yeah, Thomas and I, we are just about to hit our seven year anniversary. Um, Congrats. Which is crazy. Thank you. I think that's mad. I never wanted to be in a relationship this long. <laughs> I g- genuinely, when we first started going out with each other, I was like, this isn't going to last. None of my relationships last over a year and a half. Like this isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. And I think that probably didn't put any pressure on us. So it meant that things were chill and calm. They fucking sneak up on you. I oh definitely my know the God. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. They really I haven't wanted to be in a relationship for like 10 years. And yeah, I've been in like eight. Yeah. <laughs> they sneak up on you, man. <laughs> it's when you least expect it. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm really cool being single. You're like, oh fuck, I'm in love. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Which is such a glorious feeling. Um, yeah. But Thomas and I, we met at a barn rave, gurning our fucking tits <laughs> off, nice. like unable to talk to each other. Um, he pursued me for a bit, but I was like just out of a relationship and really wanted to just go fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, and he, in the end I got bored of waiting and I was like, fuck it. I'll just meet up with this guy. I fucked him on a second date and it was the best sex I'd ever had. It was fucking amazing. amazing. So I was like, holy shit, where's my ball and chain at? I need to lock this motherfucker <laughs> down. Um, and I was, uh, quite, uh, dominance, not the right word, but I was very much like, um, it's been two weeks and I'm obviously in love with you. Why aren't you going to ask me out? It was just so, <laughs> uh, I don't know, like brutal and blunt, yeah. even though I was like, this won't last, you know, I don't believe right. in love. I don't believe in monogamy. I don't want to have a monogamous relationship. I don't believe in it. Like it just doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so that's interesting. So you were like, it's not going to last. I don't want anything like this, but I want this now. So I'm going to lock him down. Yeah. So very, very complicated. My mental health was probably just coming out of his worst time period okay. yeah. of uh, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, and severe crippling anxiety. Right. Um, which I love talking about. Like, I love talking yeah. about mental health because I think it's super important. Yeah. Same. And we don't talk about it enough and enough. Um, and. So, uh, long story short, it's been a roller coaster of a relationship. Um, I knew that I didn't want to be monogamous, so we didn't just jump into things. It was very much like a baby steps. And I, a lot of people think that mono- non-monogamy, which is basically where you're, not, it's not just you and them alone. Um, non-monogamy can be whatever you make of it. It's kind of like the umbrella term for open relationships, polyamory. Um, all that lovely stuff, but yeah. it's, it really is, you make your own rules. And that's what Thomas and I did. He was very unsure about it at the beginning and I was very sure about it, but didn't push him. Uh, it takes a lot of communication, a lot of trust. And, you know, you start off like, oh, so like, I really fancy this person on Instagram. What do you think about me sexting them? Or wow, someone's flirting with me at this restaurant or like, um, I'm masturbating over porn. How do you feel about that? Like, that's not you. And kind of these baby steps from there and gauging people's feelings and, and reactions and emotions. Yeah. Um, and there are times where you're like, yeah, I think I'm okay with that. And there are times where you're like, actually, no, I'm feeling a bit vulnerable. And yeah. I kind of just want you to look at me. For a long time, Thomas and I had tunnel vision love for each other. Yeah. I couldn't see anyone else. Um, not that I couldn't. It's in like, I didn't notice anyone else because I was just in right. love, which is so, so like, un- that was an feeling. unconscious kind of thing then. You were just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, so the option okay. was there, like, hey, if someone wants to buy you a drink, if you want to flirt with someone, then that's always the option. Um, and that grew slowly into, like, fucking other people yeah. and going to sex parties and going on dates with other people. Um, for a long time, our one rule was, like, you could fuck someone once but never again because feelings might get caught. Yeah. Um, which sounds sounds like really reasonable but it isn't it's actually quite complicated when you find a good person to fuck and you feel like you can't fuck them again 
Yeah. So seven years later, well, I'd say six years later, we sort of slowly slipped into polyamory, which is the idea of seeing other people and having relationships with other people, even falling in love with other people while you're still with your partner. Yeah. Um, so again, roller coaster. there's been a lot of times where we've uh, fallen in and out of love and argued and um, issues have arisen, but we're so highly communicative that we never are, like we've never had a full blown argument. It's only ever been like a disagreement or a debate yeah. or a, you know, we bicker with each other. Yeah. Um, and then we go, Oh, that was pretty shit. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So lockdown, <laughs> cut forward to lockdown. <laughs> that was, that was really tough. I mean, we've been struggling in our relationship up and down for a while, mainly about sex because Thomas and I have a completely different libido, a completely different sex drive. Mine is very high and it's always been very high. And his has been probably like average. Um, and for, for me, sex is everything. Sex is my livelihood. Sex is what makes me feel desired and needed and wanted. Yeah. It's my love language. It's my lust language. And it's taken me a long time to realize and to figure out that that's not the way that his love language or lust language works. Um, maybe he gets his, his intimacy in a completely different way. Like we started reading, he started reading a book to me um, yeah. during lockdown, which has been amazing and so good for our intimacy. Yeah. But sex is something that has still been lacking and I am I'm a little bit pushy and I've had to learn not to be that girlfriend to be like why are you not fucking me yeah why what am I doing that's wrong what is wrong with you what is wrong with me and and just pushing him I mean if it was the flip reverse if it was a bloke saying that to a girl that would be a completely different story it would be like you're sexually harassing me yeah so why yeah. is it okay for me to treat my boyfriend like that yeah and not the reverse and so it's taken me a long time of therapy and learning and understanding his like how to navigate the lack of sex in our relationship right because the more i push the more he's gonna slip away yeah and be yeah. pushed back into a corner or feel emasculated or feel less like a man yeah there is really bad stigma around men and you know we're grown up we're brought up believing that men all they want is sex they don't yeah. want anything else is just sex 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 um and of course that's not fucking true um, so fuck you, all those TV <laughs> and films for teaching me the wrong way, because I thought that men were like me where they just wanted to fuck all the time. But yeah, not. yeah. No, I totally, mm. I totally understand. I went, <laughs> I went through something similar recently. I had to do, uh, my therapist got me to do the love language test. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. right. Okay. History of sex addiction, have a sex podcast, always had a sex drive. I, like, I don't really need to do this test. It's going to be physical touch. That's going to be yeah. my, my love language. Zero percent, zero percent physical touch. It was That's the highest crazy. one was, um, quality time. <gasps> um and i was like oh fuck yeah it kind of makes sense now because like i want to like fuck around and sleep around mm -hmm. as much as anyone else like um but when i'm like in love and in a relationship i'm happiest when we're just together like yeah doing nothing or doing something it's just like mm -hmm. as you know being together um it's mm -hmm. not necessarily like sex doesn't move into the love part so mm -hmm. i'm yeah i had to do some soul searching as well <laughs> similar to yeah. you and be like oh right that's how my brain works that's why this happens and um, it takes a yeah. long time to do that because all of the things that we've been learned, we have to unlearn. And it's like, how do you unlearn that? It's like be basically going back to school and trying to yeah. retrain your brain that's been hard-coded to think this for fucking years. Yeah, it's yeah. only until I'm, what, 30? I'm literally hitting 30 in a couple of weeks. And yeah. I'm I'm only just really realizing this now. And this is where, you know, I am I am eager to do my research and learn and I'm still only learning it. it it's, it's hard work relearning what you've been fucking 
programmed to think what you've yeah, been taught totally. by your friends family society yeah we we did some um me and my counselor did some uh historic counseling and i think they call it which basically they look back at your childhood and figure out like where these things might have come from mm. um and i was like cool that's really interesting let's do that i had to do like a timeline of my childhood and like all the like issues that arose which is fucking horrible as you oh can my imagine god a timeline um, <gasps> yeah like a proper like a powerpoint presentation of like my life never ending um, jesus and it was that was horrific but um it came mm-hmm. up with some things okay maybe that's why i react this way to things or maybe mm-hmm. that's why i see perfection and stuff like this yeah and i was like cool so therapeutic and yeah, yeah 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 the best like the therapy kind of horrific which is yeah, like yeah. it's like the quickest kind of ow oh, that hurts then it feels better in a yeah I, I don't want to face this but i know if i do i'll be able to be a better person and understand yeah. why yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so when we went through that, it was like, oh, okay, maybe that's why I, I, I feel this way. And then I was like, mm-hmm. well, how do I, how do I fix that? And the council was kind of like, well, you sort of don't, you sort of just like learn around it. Like you like, yeah. you learn that that's what you are and how you think. And you know, you, you kind of adapt to it. It's mm, not like a case of right? like, yeah, acceptance, accepting that's, that's like, mm-hmm. that's why your gut reacts to certain things in a certain way. Um, and you kind of just like, yeah, it's more of a, like you move with it rather than you go back and like, you know, put some duct tape over it and it's fixed. Yeah, re- like rearrange the past. Yeah. Do some, yeah. Like, fucking Which is super disappointing. Cause I was like, I why can't watch. I just delete it? Can't yeah. I just like reset the hard drive and like get, get a real. better brain, but it doesn't work like that. No, well, it, yeah. it, it, you don't want it to work like that. Cause if you delete no. it, then you're not actually learning anything new. You're just trying to skirt around the issue, put your head in the sand. Yeah, what you want to totally. do is face those horrible fears or traumatic <laughs> experiences um, to be able to, understand why you are the way you are and why you behave the way we do it's yeah it, it fascinates me so much what the brain can do to you yeah yeah um, same i'm a massive advocate for counseling and therapy because I've, I've had it for like i've had it for like uh i don't even know in my 20 how old am i i'm 29 i think i've had therapy for eight <laughs> years of that 29 like yes. of, of my 20s um and uh i love it and whenever i talk to people that you know have had bad experiences with it a lot mm-hmm. of the time they're like well i went there and like they made me say loads of things that made me sad and i didn't want to yeah. do it anymore mm-hmm. it's like well yeah that's that's what it is <laughs> you talk about things it makes you sad and then you like you know you build from it yeah um, i wish they explained so, that to you though because i hated yeah. therapy the first couple of years i went into yeah. it I, I wish they someone would sat me sit me down and go hey you're in a really bad place and it's going to be hard for you to get out of but like this will work if you stick to it, but it's, you're trying to force someone to go to school that doesn't want to learn, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you have to be ready to go through ther- therapy and go like, you know what, I'm like ready to give this a go or, yeah. which is probably what we've both done is hit rock bottom to the point where we're, we're like, I will do anything to get out of this position. All right, I guess I'll try therapy. And then yeah. holy shit, maybe that did work. Yeah. And then realizing oh my God, therapy is life. Like counseling yeah. is life. Talking is life. It's it, it's yeah. the only thing that will drag us out of a deep, dark hole. And a lot of us don't realize we're in a deep, dark hole before it's too late. And we're just like, I will do anything to help this end. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Therapy is amazing. Anyone else yes. out there listening, get a therapist, pay for <laughs> it, wait on the NHS for as long as you fucking need, get a therapist. It will yeah. change your life. Make it happen. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, that was a massive tangent. What were we talking that about? That was, uh, we were talking about... Monkeys, I think, I think or... <laughs> I think. Bestiality. This is the best <laughs> podcast. Um, talking about, yeah, sex and my relationship with Thomas and what happened yes. over lockdown. Oh, so lockdown, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think Thomas has always been super cool and very supportive of what I do about my sex life. Um, I've been a sex worker. I used to webcam. I've had sex for money. Um, and he was always my number one fucking cheerleader, like hel- helping me like deal with it and process it and figure it all out. 
Um, less so now. We've had really good conversations about it now that seven seven years passed. He is not as supportive as he wants to be, which is why I think we're potentially coming to the end of our relationship. Okay. Um, mutually, respectfully, and yeah. actually quite quite nicely. Like I, I can't imagine that. I, I mean. I'm so used to having breakups where it's like horrible and you you don't talk to each other and there's yeah. a lot of issues and feelings and um, heartbreak and sadness. And I, I don't want that to happen. I, I don't think breakups have to be like that. I think they can be really well handled um, if there's enough communication. That's all you need. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's awful when it's like just when you cut ties and that's it and you're not, you weren't expecting it and that can be traumatic or if it's dragged out for years and years and years, because <laughs> you can't make a fucking decision, which is yeah. what I've done in the past. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. I, which is what I didn't want to do with Thomas. So it's just been a lot of talking. Yeah. And I went away during lockdown. So lo- uh, sorry, after lockdown, soon as lockdown lifted and I could go see my support bubble, I went to see Florence, who I do come curious with. Yeah. Um, and I stayed with her for a week. I uh, ended up two weeks because I didn't want to come home. And I figured out while I was away, the reason why I didn't want to come home was because I didn't want to come home and Thomas be there and for us to argue and for me to be angry with him. Yeah. There was so much. He's such a sweet, lovely boy. I was just so angry with him all the time and I couldn't figure out why. And I'd make excuses and I'd blame it on him. And obviously my mental health was playing a part on that because in lockdown, we just fucking, we drank a lot and we boshed a lot of cocaine and we partied loads. Yeah. Um, and because Thomas and I figured out that when we do cocaine and when we drink, we don't argue. We're actually really pleasant right, and yeah. really nice with each other. And we just have a nice time, Yeah, um, which is a very, very toxic way. So yeah, we relied on cocaine a lot to yeah. see us through. Um, and cocaine is fucking fun, but not when you're relying on it. It's the same with drink. It's the same with drugs, any kind of drugs. Um, it Not when you're relying on it to see yeah. you through. I've had problems with weed addiction before in the past. Um, methadrone addiction, if anyone remembers that old <laughs> fucking drug. Um, and luckily never alcohol, thank, thankfully. Just just hard drugs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the class A's. Um, and cocaine is something I'm still trying to work on and have a healthy relationship with. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Again, quickly, tangent. yeah, it's fine. I love a tangent. It's fine. This episode's <laughs> going to be two hours long, and I, I love it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, quickly on the addiction thing, I yeah. had a relationship that was exactly the same, where mm-hmm. it was a fucking car crash, unless we were talking about or having sex. Yeah, like, we really clicked mm-hmm. on sex. And again, I am. I'm always banging on about like sex addiction is a real thing, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's totally it. Right, I think that's up there with it. Like you know, it, it's the kind of damaging you know behavior if your relationship is based on drugs or dopamine or you know nice things like yeah you know genitals rubbing against each other it of you know course. it's it's uh it's damaging and and people don't see that people see like yeah but we drink alcohol and we go out and we party or we fuck or like how can that be an addiction especially yeah. if they don't if they don't realize it themselves or have experience with it they just power it off as like oh that's nice or like even as something simple as with my ocd um i became really badly addicted to to, to not spending my money and right. so many people would say to me like oh isn't that nice you get to save it and it's like no it's still a really bad thought process of I cannot even spend money on food because I feel guilty and so there's a yeah. lot of misconceptions around addiction and a lot of like judgment as well and yeah. that needs to be broken down because it's like if you have an addiction to anything, whether it's watching Netflix or whether it's eating crisps or going out and doing too much exercise, anything of one thing for the wrong reasons is bad. 
yeah um definitely and yeah. It's, it's just trying to like really figure that out and focus on it and yeah recognize 100%. that you're doing it yeah yeah definitely you um you kind of reminded me of something as well when you were mm. saying earlier you were you were really angry um at thomas so and you, you didn't know why um mm. my counselor once said that anger is always it's anger isn't a natural emotion it's always mm. like triggered by something else yeah um, it's, it's is it a secondary emotion there's probably like therapists listen to this being like jamie get the fucking words right <laughs> but it's like it's like not you know you, you we're not naturally programmed to be angry angry is like mm-hmm. something we build to by you know something else if we feel like we're yeah. not being listened to if we feel scared you know stuff like that yes not um, being listened to definitely feel like yeah that. like not being heard yeah um if or... you were if you were to list all the all the emotions that like we're supposed to feel mm-hmm. anger is like a few tears down like yeah, yeah. and it's projection um, a lot of the time i was projecting my own mental health issues and being angry having this internal angry battle onto him and blaming him for it so it'd be like why why didn't you get onions today i wanted onions in this meal uh why why are you still at your desk working yeah. why are you not in bed with me spending time with me and that's just horrible that's horrible for him that's horrible for me that's not a, that's not a nice relationship it wasn't fun anymore we didn't we didn't enjoy each other's company anymore and he had to step on eggshells because i was so angry all the time and it wasn't until i went away and i stayed with florence and realized that i didn't want to come back home because i didn't want to be angry with him like even picking up the phone and being angry with him on the phone for no fucking reason that's unacceptable that's not how yeah. a relationship should be um and of course there builds up a lot of guilt in that which feeds in with more anger and trying to and then avoidance because you don't want to be angry. So you're like, oh my God, I'm being bad. So like, I'm going to ignore this and run away. And that's also problematic. So yeah, came back home, bawled my eyes out. Unfortunately, I was very drunk. So I was at a barbecue. Well, mm. we had barbecue and I was like, I'm going to go home and have a chat with him. And I just ended up getting so drunk. So I was t- t- too terrified to have this conversation with him yeah. in that you have to move out. Um, and went home, uh, bawled my eyes out and he took it really fucking well. I mean, we... We talked about moving out a few times during our relationship, moving mo- moving out in separate houses. Um, and when we first moved in together, we were like, this is temporary. We don't want to live with each other. But it was uh, moving in for convenience. He had a job in London but lived in Reading. So right. moved in with me in London. How, um, um, how far into the relationship did you do that? A year. So a that year for in, us, okay. that was still too quick for us. We weren't ready. But again, it was convenience. I know some people move in like within a couple of weeks of knowing each other. Yeah, yeah. It was very quick for us. Like we fell in love quick. We were like an item quick and we moved in together quick. And moving out for people with obsessive compulsive disorder is a fucking nightmare, a shit show. Moving out right. is stressful anyway. But I, yeah. I honestly, when I went off the rails, I was insufferable. I do not know how he coped with me. <laughs> I really don't. Um, and just so anxious and horrible all the time. Yeah. Thankfully, my OCD is like is pretty much gone, super manageable. Well done. I get I get anxiety a little bit now and again, and I don't have depression anymore. I'm completely cleared of depression. Amazing. So Congrats. Anyone listening to this who has a mental health issue, these can be manageable. Like yeah. They you can get them sorted out to a point where it doesn't affect your day to day or it doesn't affect your life anymore. You just need to fucking work at it. I promise you that yeah. it is it is possible. Yeah. Even if you don't definitely. see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um and yeah, he moved out and it was a sigh of relief. It was yeah. amazing. Uh, two years ago, he was going to move out, but um, he went freelance um, and so decided that like the financial like risk of it wasn't, it was too great. Yeah. And he moved out and in with his best mate in Putney um, 
uh, Sammy D, who's a fucking legend, <laughs> above a pub. He's a pub manager. Anyone so that you refer to as Sammy D has got to be a legend. Sammy D. No Sounds one's like ever like, oh name, yeah, right? Sammy D, he's a twat. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sammy, Sammy D, D. Is, just, is just a cool guy, yeah. It's because it sounds like Sunny D as well, and you, yeah, that true, just reminds yeah. you of like childhood joy, even though yeah. that, it's like the worst drink in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to fake sell you like vitamin D. No, it was just like fucking diabetes. <laughs> Um, yeah, Sammy D's a legend, and they are—they are, they are su- like such lovely, wonderful boys. Thomas has a great support network, so you need to have a good support network. You need to have people in your life that you can talk to. And just, I was terrified because I've never been on my own like that before. I've hated my own company. Um, with OCD, you get a lot of bad, negative, intrusive thoughts. So the way that I would distract myself was to be around people, was to be in, engage in conversations, or to go out and get fucked or to get fucked at home Um, and I was terrified and luckily I live with my sister still and I'm not joking it's the best thing we've ever done like it's been so good for us we don't fight anymore our relationship really worked and my therapist really helped me because she made me realize that like a relationship is not what you're made to believe you don't have to get the house together and and be stuck together get married have kids for it to be the relationship that's perfect for you she knows like there are people that are happily married living in two separate houses having the best times of their lives because that works for them yeah you said something at the start yeah you said Mm. something at the start that i definitely only learned this year which was you make your own rules Yes. So, yeah, I love what you said about, so you call it non-monogamy just because it's an umbrella term. Yeah, umbrella term. You've got your own set of rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It changes um, because every time that something happens, like we check in with each other. You know, Thomas has been seeing somebody, which has been amazing, and I was so happy for him. And I've been off on this, like, little, like, uh, I call it like single life, like fuck train. What's it called? <laughs> D- dicks capades, sex capades, shag spree. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm on a sex rampage and I'm just like, <laughs> fucking people and yeah. enjoying it and enjoying my sexuality and my body because that's what that's what I've wanted and that's what yeah. I've needed for so long is is just to be fucked by loads of people all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is hard to do when you live with somebody because we fell in a pattern of, yes, we could go out and fuck separate people, but... We didn't feel comfortable doing that. I didn't feel comfortable doing that because Thomas wasn't doing that. And I'm, I, I love equality. Yeah. I wanted me to go fuck someone, him to go fuck someone, but forgetting that, you know, our libidos are different. Yeah. Um, sorry, I could talk about this forever. So if this goes on too long, please <laughs> stop me. I'll just hang up. I'll just be yeah, like, that's like enough. Beep. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's cool. No, it's all really interesting. So basically in conclusion, you, yes, yeah, so you guys are now living separately, but very happy. It seems like it kind of helped. Yeah, it it really has. Um, It has helped us realize what we do want from our relationship and what we don't want, what we don't want to go back to. Like we really enjoyed it after, like we we just got our own time again where I would go to his and hang out and we'd go on a date. I mean, before lockdown kicked in again and I would hang out with him as a mate, but also he could go off and do whatever intimate things he wanted to do with other people. And I could do the same thing. There are a few things we don't meet eye to eye on. Like I want to talk about every sexual experience or every person that I've been with. And he doesn't want to do that. That Mm. doesn't work for him. So we've had to talk about it and adjust appropriately because sometimes he doesn't want to know that I fucked like three or four people in a week, you know? Yeah. 
sometimes uh, I mean it's happened before with jealousy Je- a lot of people ask me don't you get jealous uh, the only thing that I've been jealous over is it, he's an illustrator he draws and when he yeah. draws girls that I know that he fancies that I have met personally and I don't like that's right. the only time I've been jealous other other times I'm like fucking number one fan I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah you fucking do it yeah oh and another time when I wasn't feeling confident conf- confident and comfortable within myself he went on a guy's holiday and I saw that what I thought was going to be a guy's holiday was a girl's holiday too. And I said to him on holiday, I said, I don't want you to fuck anyone because I was in a bad place, but he completely yeah. respected that right. because understanding as well, like what you go through and what other people go through and that we're humans and it's not one rule forever. It, it will change and it will fluctuate and to adjust appropriately. And that's what we're doing constantly. I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting um, yeah. constantly and he's adjusting. And we've recently had conversations about, potentially this could be the end of our beautiful relationship and Mm. it could be it it doesn't have to be this horrible messy heartbroken breakup it could be uh, I had a really great conversation with my therapist yesterday about it because I was like what is why am I am I do I just want to break up with him and I just don't want to lose him as a friend and that that that's what it boils down to is I don't want to lose him because in my past relationships it's been cut off ties yeah um and my therapist was like but you can make your own rules you you can choose how this breakup looks to you um you can talk you know have a conversation decide whether or not if a breakup means that you don't see each other anymore or a breakup means that you can still hold hands or kiss occasionally or even fuck, you yeah. can not be boyfriend and girlfriend anymore, but still have that relationship. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. I'm fearing of this idea of the fact that we're not boyfriend and girlfriend anymore when it could literally just be that we're great mates who yeah. might fuck or might kiss. You never know. We might break up and suddenly get our sex life back because there's no pressure anymore. Yeah. Who knows? Because um, it won't be, yeah, maybe it won't be like, you know, oh, I'm going to have sex with my girlfriend. It's like, I want to have sex with Reed because I really want to have sex with her. Like, yeah. it, I guess it's like the kind of the cloud it's in your head is fact. different, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, humans are like crazy, incredibly incom- complicated creatures and psychology blows our mind. Like, imagine we're not boyfriend and girlfriend anymore yet we just want to fuck each other because we're not boyfriend and girlfriend anymore Um, or because we're not married or because we are married there's there's a lot yeah yeah Yeah. Um, well it sounds like even though you're sort of talking about the end air quotes it's very much not the end like it sounds like you're just you're just figuring out the next step yeah it's just it's what it's just labels it's yeah Yeah. the next chapter it it's not going to be I can't imagine not having him in my life some way or another but if that fizzles out as well I'm I'm so excited to fall in love again whenever that may be I'm excited to you know have a fling I'm excited to fuck a physical body which I don't know when's gonna be because you know (laughs) them restrictions they're (laughs) fucking me man (laughs) so I gotta try and figure that shit out yeah all right that's all we have time for today thank you so much for listening it really really means a lot to me that you have got your way to come and listen to me talk to people about their sex stories (laughs) um if you like what we're doing go check us a follow on let's talk about sex jamie on instagram uh tell your friends about us leave a review on itunes all that stuff that people with podcasts say at the end basically um yeah really means a lot that you listen and hope to see you next week love you bye